Hello and welcome to World Shop, the podcast where we read stories. I'm Jordan. And I'm Cody. How are you doing, Cody? I am doing great because I'm listening to <sighs> Holding Out for a Hero from the Shrek 2 soundtrack, which is a I'm not reliving this. I'm not reliving this conversation with you. We're not doing this I mean, conversation again. Right now. We're, we're just going to move in. So what have you been into other than this song? Mostly Shrek 2 songs. <laughs> I hate you so um, I, I legitimately do not like you. <laughs> that's fair. You know, the honest answer sucks, which is like nothing. Oh, I beat I beat Tears of the Kingdom. Oh, that's how was that? I, I, I told you how I basically can't play it because my controller drift is so bad, right? Oh, yeah, you did. Yeah. I, um, I, should just I really enjoyed it. Um, So I finished it with my son, which is... You know, that's kind of why that's I, I did. cool. That's cool. He gets to see the freaking end. That's awesome. Okay. Anyways, yeah, he so really cool. enjoyed it. So, so right as I was finishing the game, um, Zach and Caitlin were coming over just to hang out. Um, and so Zach had mentioned he was like, "Yeah, I was playing this with uh, my son," but they kept saying the phrase "Demon King" over and over and over and over again. And his son can read, so he was just text on the screen. He's like, what's a demon? And so he didn't want his kid to keep going around preschool being like, Demon King, Demon King, Demon King. And I was just like, eh, yeah, I don't know. Graham talks about Demon Kings a lot now. Um, say, is that so is was, that specifically weird or bad? When you're five, you know, when you five, don't want necessarily want your kids to be like, Demon Kings, but they're going to be, you know. I mean, I feel like I was, like, doing the same thing, but with Metroid and, like, Sonic the Hedgehog. Oh, my, Graham is obsessed with Sonic. Yeah, All like, he so wants I, to do is play Is Sonic. it the fact that it's, a de- like, demons? Or is it the fact that he's, like, talking about this, like, fantastic? Probably game? The, the specific thing of it being demons okay. is not doing yeah. it any favor. Okay, yeah, okay, I, I can see that. But I was like, I used to go on and on about video game stuff all the time. Now I ended up here. Anyways keep talking about zelda um but i really enjoyed it i i thought it was a good end um there was kind of one part i, that I, I did know not the love. ending so you can if you want to do spoilers we can uh, so i'll say it's the minor spoiler of after you get the four sages do you know what happens after that no there's um i don't care you can say it <laughs> there's like a fifth follower you can get oh yeah right? the, the like robot guy yeah, that I didn't love as much. It was fine, but it was not my favorite part of the game. And it was also, like, because I was just getting through the game at that point. Because, you know, like I said, my son wanted to see what happened. He wanted to know what happened to Princess Zelda. He was very concerned about this. Yeah, dude. So I'm I kind of just had to Princess finish Zelda. the game. Yeah. So it was like, you know, I started, I was like playing the game and then it was just kind of like i got that thing and then immediately beat the game you know mm-hmm. um i will say the end does get a lot easier if you have a ton of hearts and a lot of armor and you can just kind of tank the end yeah i heard um, the because- last ball like the first round of the last boss before the like whole big finale thing like in the first game is like decently hard with, with <laughs> like I, what i've seen is that like if you're doing it quote unquote right, you're having to actually do like the dodge thing and the flurry blow stuff. Yeah, you definitely don't have to do that. You can you can yeah, back I know. I, I, into a corner. I fought Phantom Ganon and just tanked all his attacks. Yep. <laughs> I, just, I just tanked all his attacks and just was like just beat the crap out of him. I had a lot of gloom food and a lot of hearts and yeah. really good armor and was just like 
You know, it would be like, I would take one heart of damage and then just be like, absolutely. Yeah, that's exactly how I play the game because I'm not good at it. But yeah, I mean, so yeah, you didn't like the whole finding the robot guy, but like finding the robot was actually fine. It was using the robot. I just kind of was like, I don't really care. But um, other than that, though, I mean, I I loved the game. I got the wingsuit and that the wingsuit's so fun, dude. I love flying. I will say. For the end of the game, having the wingsuits awesome. Oh yeah, I, I do need to level that up. But yeah, that makes sense. The free, uh, that last yeah, level boss it to is tier so two. cool, dude. Yeah, level your wingsuit to tier two, and I then think it might be three. Two is where you get the buff. Yeah, the secondary buff, which is no impact. Oh, okay. Well, I <laughs> don't is... have that, so not everything's a tier two. Oh, because I still have to get all the freaking eyes from those flying dragon guys. You can <sighs> look. You can buy them. Where? Um, uh, oh. Kakariko Village. Oh. Okay, well, I'll just do that. Anyways, sorry. We, we, yeah. But <laughs> just being able to go from like the top of the map and just dive straight into the ground and just be like, bink, and then you just yeah, get just up and you're like, oh, off. good. It's so fun. It's just so satisfying. Yeah. But yeah, how do you like that last boss in finale? Like, I've like watched it. It looks so cool. Uh, I, I thought the end was. I really enjoy all the aerial stuff. Yeah. Um, Zach beat it as well, and he was kind of like, ah, the end didn't feel all that, like, challenging necessarily, which I I really enjoy all the aerial stuff. Like, yeah. the air temple was my favorite temple. That fight was my favorite fight. So getting to do that, a similar thing with the wingsuit just felt really good. It Like, the like getting to jump off a dragon and be like, pick me up, Zelda, it's, was fun. It's that, you know, that it's just whole fun. finale just looks so cool. And I and I thought it yeah, was like I, very fitting. I was fitting. just smiling the whole and, time. And the thing that they like repeated from the beginning where um, she is falling and he reaches out, but this time he's successful. That That's a really cool moment to see. Yeah. That's, that's just so cool. I don't know. I'm really excited there, there to is, get there. It just looks so cool. There is this funny thing where there's like an end cut scene where – they just take off a lot of Link's clothes, you know? Um, yeah. And I, we were, like, kind of teasing about it, but I'm like, it's so you don't look like an idiot at the end of the yes. game. Because I was wearing, like, a full owl suit. Yeah. You know? I looked like a flying squirrel, and they're like, that cannot be well, the way you, Link looks you in know, this emotional moment. That basically happened to me in Breath of the Wild. So you can get Ganon's horse in Breath of the Wild, and that horse is huge. Like, it yeah. dwarfs um link but that's the horse that i had like basically equipped so when you go into the last battle in breath of the wild there's a scene where the horse is standing next to you or whatever and you're like dwarfed and it looks very dumb <laughs> it looks very did stupid did you name that horse thunder thighs no i and didn't but didn't, i wish i had i you? wish i had that's very fun but i did name zelda's golden horse my main man m-a-n-e that's uh that's good that's good my i named i named it glober <laughs> yeah i know i, I was watching your stream when you did that <laughs> yep. but yeah no it's I'm, I'm glad you beat it i i need to get there but like i said i can't really get there because my controller drift is just so bad yeah and, th- and then other than that i've been playing sunless d still <sighs> I, I tragically uh witnessed the death of my long-term captain barf <laughs> and um, <laughs> okay so we had to make a new captain that we wanted to name daddy oh and we couldn't because the beginning we picked didn't let us name our captain so we're just a mysterious captain like with barf we were like we're gonna get married we're gonna have kids we had this whole plan and then we just got killed and we're like all right 
Bye, Barf. Yeah, dude, it <laughs> must suck having like your whole life planned for you just to end in seconds flat. Yeah, it really is not yeah, great. It, doesn't feel it, right. it was it was quite disappointing. So, <laughs> but yeah, you know. that, but that's really it for me. Really? I haven't done a I'm lot. I'm surprised. Recently. Usually, yeah. you have a bunch of stuff. Um, okay, I have been very busy. Yeah, I can <laughs> I can tell, and I know we've talked. Um, but yeah, so on my side, what I've been watching Gundam Witch from Mercury. Don't need to talk about too much anime on this show because this is not the anime show. Um, and I've been playing. Playing a lot of uh, Tetris in the meantime because I can't play Legend of Zelda. I really like Tetris. Don't make fun of me. It's one of my favorite games. It's just fun. It's, it's one of my like favorite games. Funny, it's one like, of my favorite games. No. I'm not judging you for liking Tetris because there's games like Tetris that I've played way too much of. I you have know, spent that are like so that many kind of like- hours in Tetris in my life that it, it gets to upsetting times. Well, and it is like it's a thing about like that repetitive, like puzzly thing. Yeah. I can't remember. There was a game and my that brain I really works simple, very puzzle like. So like putting in specific things in certain places yeah. like that does a lot for my brain because I see things a lot of times as like puzzles like that. I'm just like, this feels so good. <laughs> it's just like I love this. It, it it is just like a funny juxtaposition of like power of gaming thing versus what you're playing on it. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like. The firepower of a PlayStation 5. Like, Tetris is still fun, though. Yeah, I mean, I've I've been playing Tetris on this computer that's, like, super out of date, so it's not, like... It's it's not, like, a huge, like, difference. Like, this computer is, um, at this point, eight years old. It's not a huge difference. Um, Other than that, still listening to a bunch of music. I think I'm finally at 310 albums this year. Which is it's a lot of albums. It's upsetting. The, I will say there there have been days where it's like, uh, I don't. I just want to listen to the stuff that I like. I don't want to listen to something new, but I still do. Um, found a math rock band, Covet, that I really like, and um, what else? Oh, this is kind of for you. I went to see uh, Devin Townsend in Dream Theater and oh, I'm furious. Um, with Animals you about as leaders still have never listened to Devin Townsend on my own, but he. He kills live, dude. He's so funny and personable. He's a really good musician, like singing wise, like on Kingdom he played. It's like very operatic, but with like heavy rock. It was just so cool. Like he he's he's great. And I just and I feel I I I felt really bad because I was sitting with Peter who like has listened to the show before. And of course, of like I mentioned you before, and like mentioned how like you've been trying to get me on Devin Townsend. He's like, so in the Devin Townsend concert, he leans over to me. He's like, so you must be furious right now. I'm like, why? He's like, because you're going to have to tell Cody that he's right. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I am. <laughs> oh, yeah, I, I am. I mean, it's, <laughs> he's such a good musician. He's just great all and around. He's, he's really funny, too. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, like, he, he just, uh, he's like the nicest guy in, in rock music, yeah, he's right? Just he really is the cool. goodest boy. Which is funny given his background, right? Because like, well, so he was in a band called Strapping Young Lad mm-hmm. that is like wildly aggressive. It was like a a metal metal band. Yeah, right? that's when he and used he, to do the skullet where he had bald. He had a and skullet. Yeah, that's such a bad look, dude. Looked real gnarly, you he know. Looks like and an then like later, <laughs> it was like he he's talked a lot about like. I think there was, like, you know, like, getting off of drinking yeah. and, like, dealing with mental health now that he's, like, gotten older and, like, how that's, like, 
helped him like keep his life together basically um but no he's just like done a ton of cool things like during covid he did live concerts from his house where he he had like a playstation controller that he used to like switch cameras and just had like backing tracks did donated all the money to his concert and that was fun yeah i mean he's he's weird right and he like donated all the money to charity um he's just does like tons of weird like concept albums and odd projects like uh it was like this comedy album he did called like Ziltoid the Omniscient. Um, that's <laughs> about like alien fart monsters. It's just he's a weird kooky guy he did who has done some burp of my into the microphone at one point. Uh, it was not yeah. during the song. It was like in between these two these guitars. He's about to say something. He just burps. It's like, well, <laughs> did he do that? <laughs> he also does look like a Canadian Voldemort, which yeah, is pretty fun. He does fun. look like a Canadian um, Voldemort. So yeah, no, there's just like I can't say enough good things yeah. about about Devin Townsend and the fact that you won't listen to him. I'll listen to him. It's on the um album list. I just do albums by random numbers generator. It's fine. Man, you can make a choice. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it was great. Dream Theater was really awesome. It's really cool to see just that level of skill just on stage. <laughs> just just to see, like, yeah, just to see that it's like the same sound live as it is what you hear on recording and just dream theater was really cool and then animals as leaders was really cool to see um yeah just it was, i will say it's like all around probably one of like just straight up the best um concert like like just every band was just so strong it was just one of the best concerts i've been to and it was like wow this is cool i don't know that i've really ever listened to dream theater all that much i like them yeah, I, I didn't listen to him too much, and some um, one of my friends like it's one of his favorite bands, and he he, he told he's he's seen them eight times now, and I was like okay, and I was like, <laughs> so yeah, no, I get it. I saw Pup four times last year, so I get it. <laughs> it's like I I understand like really like being into a band and going to see them a bunch. But yeah, no, it was cool. I have been on a crazy Pup kick recently. Oh, dude, they released uh, a couple new songs recently, and I and I love all of them. So good. Pup, Pup is frustrating. It's good. one of those things that, like, I, 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 I was talking to Leah from Side Characters about this the other day. It's like, it's like, it feels good to have like a favorite band. And there were times when I have like burnt out of stuff by listening to them too much. But Pups hasn't been one of those so far where like I will put them on and then forget that, like, oh yeah, I'm just listening to a full album now and listen to the whole thing. It's like start to finish. It's just really good. It just, like speaks to me i enjoy, i just really enjoy pop and um yeah no it's 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 healthy it's totally a healthy obsession um but yeah no it's, it just feels good to have like a favorite band like a band that can always be like like if i'm like not really knowing what to listen to i can just put a pup album on i can throw on one of the vinyls i own all of them and it's good to listen to and just i love pop and it's upsetting i mean I don't think it's upsetting just because I enjoy them so yeah, much. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, they're, they're great. But yes, I did see them four times in a singular year. <laughs> so, and, that is a yeah, lot. And, that and is a lot. Though this year I have not, they they're coming back to Denver again this year, and I probably won't be able to go. So, well, I don't want to go to that concert because it's the Hawthorne Heights little festival that they're putting on. And I really don't want to see Hawthorne Heights and sit through all these bands I really don't care about, like Red Jumpsuit Apparatus. 
<laughs> yeah, you do that face exactly, exactly. Yeah, you get I, it. I support this. Yeah, decision. it's just like just to see. Decision. I'm not gonna pay seventy dollars to see Pup, where I have to sit through a bunch of bands, and Pup might not even do like a full set. Yeah, <laughs> like, they're like a part it's, of it's it. It's gonna be like like suck. a handful of songs. It's like I, I I would rather see them either opening or headlining. I don't really necessarily yeah. want to see sit and see like I don't want to sit through a Hawthorne Heights show. Ohio's is for I, Ohio's I, I for lovers that. is a horrible song. <laughs> I don't know. It's been a long time since I've listened to Hawthorne Heights. That, I guess there's I a reason for another. that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm fine with them. I, mean, I have listened to them before, but it's like one of those things where I'm like, I definitely grown out of Hawthorne Heights. <laughs> Not taking yeah. back Sunday though. Taking back Sunday is still great. You know what? They are. I still yeah, like. They, they still Sunday. are so. And good. I'm yeah. okay with that. No, taking back Sunday is still so good. <laughs> I went to their 20th anniversary shows, back-to-back nights of Taking Back Sunday. It was great. Um, anyways, time for me to stop ranting about music I like, because I really didn't have anything prepared to talk about the what have we been doing. But I... Uh, oh, real quick, one other random thing. The Clash is still really good. The Clash is still great. The more I listen to The Clash, the more I'm like, The Clash is great. I love wait, The Clash. Sorry, I, I've i listened to so much. I've listened to The Clash. They're London Calling, right? Yes, The Clash is amazing. There was a, what was the band? See, there's two bands of like the same. the Ramones. The Ramones is the band I don't like. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And I agree with you. Yeah. Yeah. Cause like people are like, yeah, the Ramones, yeah. blah, blah, blah. It's like in the Ramones album, like their first album was on like the top, um, hundred albums list of all time. And I'm like, eh, they're not that great. And then I listened to the clash, which like was also on that list. I'm like, no, the clash needs to be like put way further up on this list. Cause they're way better than the Ramones. They're way better. Yeah, the They're clash, way, the way, clash way, 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 so way, 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 better. They're so good. Well, and it's funny because, like, I remember that, growing up, people would wear Ramones t-shirts, right? Like, they were super yes. popular. It was and like, you'd see, like, that good. Led Zeppelin t-shirt. Led Zeppelin's great. And then I remember when I was, like, 16, I was like, oh, listen to the Ramones. You know, I'll figure out if I want to get into this. And then I listened to them, and I was like, I never have to do that yeah. again. Like, it was fine, but I just didn't Remem- uh, um, care. And I'm like, why is everyone wearing this Imagine shirt? I don't being get it. 31, hearing about the Ramones and how great they are your entire life, listening to the album and just being disappointed, then going and listening to The Clash and being like, holy crap, why is everybody a Ramones family? You should be a The Clash fan. The Clash is very good. <laughs> London Calling is a very good album. You know what album. I will say is like my my 30 year old finding out i like this music is the foo fighters oh yeah i kind of didn't get really? into the foo fighters that much it was always like they were fine you know i never but I, I had just a didn't really, really big then, foo fighters kick in college i don't know how you weren't around for that i think what it is is that like now david grohl is just kind of like a funny character like a funny dad guy and then yes. i was like well i should listen <laughs> Yeah, and I was like, well, then I should listen to the Foo Fighters. And then I listened to them, and I'm like, dang. They're another very good band. Yeah, Foo Fighters are great. But that's not like saying anything new or special. (laughs) It is for me, just because I haven't listened to them Yeah, but like in general, it's like saying that, oh, yeah, the Foo Fighters are good. It's like, yes. Yes, of course. (laughs) It's David Grohl. He's amazing. He was even good in that little-known band Nirvana. (laughs) (laughs) It is funny to listen to talk about that ruse like oh, I just showed up and did what I was yeah. told. <laughs> it was like that was not my creative thing. Yeah, it's funny. Like he was drummer for Nirvana and now like he, he's like known as this like amazing guitarist. It's like, huh, interesting change. 
Yeah. He can still freaking drum, though. Dang. That dude. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Down. Yeah. I mean, he's still a very good musician just all around. And he but... just seems like a really cool dude, too. Like, he just seems like a very, again, kind of like a Devin Downs, a very personal, very cool dude. It was funny. I don't know. Did you ever watch the show Hot Ones? Um, yes, but I have not seen the David Grohl episode, apparently. Yeah, so he did it. It's like he just showed up and got very drunk. Uh, yeah, I've heard <laughs> like, he has a problem with and, the juice. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he was just like, all right, every wing we're doing a shot. And the host was just maybe, like, maybe okay. that also, yeah, that's going to mess up your stomach and bowels the next day. Yeah. That's really yeah. suck the next day. but it was funny to see that be one of the sloppier interviews i've ever seen so you know (laughs) i mean not in like a sad way like it didn't seem like tragic it just seemed like uh you know like after five shots you're not gonna hold a conversation the way you would with none you know yeah yeah i've heard he has a bit of an issue with the juice well you know when you're in a rock band i mean there are some really musicians who, who are in rock bands who aren't on the juice or the drugs that's that's true but then metallica was also called alcoholica and had to fire someone for being too drunk so you know yeah sometimes <laughs> absolute power corrupts absolutely anyways cody what are we doing today <laughs> Can we talk about Dave Mustaine for can a little we, bit? Can, I, I can don't we just know. go into the show for once? <laughs> can we not do Yeah, other? but I just want you to know now that I'm going to on the fly rewrite my story about Dave Mustaine. <laughs> but yeah, so Cody, um, today's episode, we are doing stories again. Um, picked from the prompt of um, someone confronting a monster, I think is what the actual prompt was. I got to tell you, I am in constant dread that I am going to write a whole story and find out I did the wrong Like you used to do when we did Worlds, where you write a whole world and just be like, oh yeah, this has nothing to do with what you said. I'm like, okay. Well, usually that was intentional. Like, I'm worried that I'm going to do it on accident. I could share the list because I do highlight the ones that were on. Or, or Cody, you could just ask me. Like a normal human being, you could just ask me. But also... (laughs) You know, I mean, in, in this case, though, it doesn't because I did it right. Yeah, so but yeah, the, I did. It. I, I, uh, I kind of now now I have a little prank I can pull on you and it's perfectly fine. <laughs> though then that would get into gaslight. That, that, that would that get I'd... into gaslight territory if I just made a different. It's like, oh, it's actually this for the whole. That would just be cruel. And I'm not going to do that. <laughs> so anyways, Cody, yeah. Confronting a monster. You want to roll for initiative. You're looking really confused yes. and angry. If you ever watched the music video for Stacy's No, mom, I actually have never seen that music video. What is it? You know what? I'm going to give you a solid piece of advice. Yeah, so, I, I have don't never watched the music video like, for Stacey's maybe mom. Maybe there's a reason for that, but I've never watched the music video. And it's like, did it even cross my mind that that song would have a music video? It does. Huh. Don't watch okay. it. I am not okay. a fan. I roll for initiative. Who gets to read first? Um... You might be going first. I need a dice roller again. This is the problem with switching to fate, is that all I have is dices with pluses and minuses on them. Huh. Don't know what that system is, but sure. I rolled a 13. Yeah, you were going first. I rolled an 8. Middle of the road. I rolled an 8. All right. But my modifiers, I have a plus 8, so I rolled a 16. I'm going, (laughs) doesn't matter. Literally doesn't Um, matter. So, (laughs) to start with, um... Just in terms of format, this is letters back and forth between people. I will um, say I do appreciate how you've been doing like interesting formats rather than just straight to- storytelling. I, yeah. I, I appreciate that because well, I just have been doing straight storytelling. So it's nice to see that one of us is trying. <laughs> 
Well, you know, and it's like, I, I do the dialogue thing. I, I did that a lot, right? And it's what I'm most comfortable with. So I kind of like yeah. mixing it up and doing something different. And also, frequently, it's to try to match something about the genre that I'm doing. So in this case, this is kind of like supposed to be reminiscent of the time of like Dracula and Frankenstein. Oh, yeah, so yeah, that's yeah. why I did letters back and forth. If you're confronting um, Dracula and would, he's the sexy monster, then I understand. <laughs> so I just want to say like uh, out of the gate with this, like I, I, I'm not typically a person that remembers or thinks about like, oh, I should put a do content warning on my writing. Cause I think frequently it's pretty like approachable, but you know, like this is about monsters. So like just, like a content, content warning. warning. There's oh, some violence okay. in this. Gets pretty grim. Okay. Oh, hold the hold hold on. A content warning for violence, Cody. Have you ever listened to any of my stories? Well, I literally yeah, had I a story where kids got here. eaten, bone crunched by a monster before. I had another story. That, that's, <laughs> Sorry, keep going. It's true. I think maybe what makes me slightly uncomfortable about this is that like um. I'm writing about bad people. That does not mean that I believe in doing bad things. Does that make sense? Yeah, I'll have to listen the to your... The point of view character does not represent a positive morality, is what I'm saying. But yeah, go, go on, do your story. Just, yeah, you're teasing this weird. <laughs> I don't know. It's like a more gross story than I typically write, so... It's fine. It if I like need that... to step in and put a trigger warning at the beginning of the episode, I will. That's fair. That's fair. I uh, usually I just, don't you know, ever have to. For me, when I write something and I question it, I go, I'll mention that, you know? Like, yeah, I it's wrote one of those things where now I'm thinking, it's like, gross. oh, should I be putting trigger warnings on some of my content? Because I did have a bunch of kids get bone crunched by a monster. Maybe, you know, like, I I, I think it's one of those things where it's like, I, I, I guess my thing is like, one, it's like this podcast does include violence. So that's not like yes, out of the realm. Everything I write. The ordinary, but this is like, a little bit more extreme than typical for me so i figured i'd mention it so sorry to be it's weird fine, it's fine dear mr doyle it is well known that with friends and lovers honesty must always be at the forefront of all of our dealings so i must impress upon you my disappointment upon waking awakening to my empty bed in the early morning hours the loss weighed so heavily on me i must say that i wanted to take it as a review of my evening's performances though i felt i was both giving and eager but if we must do each other insults as a part of our affair, let it be so. I shall prepare my best barbs for you. The meal you prepared for me in my home was nothing short of a work of art. And as a result of your good works, I will now have to fire all of my <laughs> cook staff. For I shall be unable to settle for anything less than your works in all aspects of my life. The almost carnal dish you prepared for me of rare meats dressed with rich sauces of sweet and savory cream seemed designed to seduce my intrigue, for I could not place a single ingredient. Such a display made my mind desire your skill as much as my mouth desired your feast. So now I must find new cooks. Thanks for your morn thanks to your morning's absence. Next, your taste in music. I was going to say space. Is this like a cannibalism thing? Is that why you're... I'm not going to tell you. I'm not, I'm not telling okay, you. I, just, no, cause I was just wondering, is that why you're worried? <laughs> you you can get to the end and then decide what you want to put Okay, but I, I'm just saying, it's like, it, okay, so that's why you're worried is because it's a cannibalism thing. Okay, that's fine. Keep going. Next, your taste in music was terrible. When you come to the home, when you come to my home as a suitor, it is well known that music should not stir our bodies to motion. It is meant to provide ambiance to profound speech. But yet, when you pulled me into passionate music, I found myself lost for words. Sir, this is the mistake of an amateur to love. For I did not learn anything about you, where you were born, anything about your family or your education. 
Rather, I was educated in the feelings of a lover's embrace that allowed me to memorize the smell of your cologne, the texture of worked muscle, and the taste of your lips, all of which is, of course, useless information. Finally, it must be said, you have made me sad, for I wish for I wished for a repeat of our activities with dawn's light, and yet I've been denied the sight of your face in ecstasy. Your ravenous Fred, Edmund Beaumont. Mr. Beaumont, after your heartbreaking letter, after our last quite productive meeting, I've decided leaving notes on your pillow might be wise. I understand your displeasure with me after our first meeting, and I hope my surprise visit to your home last night has made up for my sudden absence. Unfortunately, caught up in the appeal of your pouting mouth and the and endeared by your proper method of indignation, I forgot to explain my absence. For you see, this was your mistake. Edmund was to assume that your caller was a proper gentleman. I am not. I am a rapscallion, a rogue, and a ne'er-do-well. I am afraid you have shared your bed with a fearsome creature. Yes, I admit it. I am a dockhand. My shifts begin early in the morning as I load cargo onto ships that shall set sail with dawn's light. Yes, I know it is tragic for one of your station to carry on a secret affair with a lowly laborer, but, alas, the sea has taught me all I know, for how do you think I have knowledge of carnal meats and seductive dancing? Now, to address your barbs, I visited last night, and you still did not inquire about my family or education or origins, which, my dear Edmund, does seem to be quite whiskey, as we have established I am a man of ill repute. So, let me answer some of your questions. I am from France. I have no education. I have n I never knew my father, and my mother died long ago. She was a lovely woman who taught me much about the culinary world, which I look forward to sharing with you. Upon our next meeting, I shall obtain from dance until I am certain that you have that you know me well enough. However, Edmund, last night it was your lusty advances that kept us from conversing. I am beginning to worry, for I know nothing about you, your family, or your education and origins. I'm wondering what kind of man of means would carry on an affair with me. You seem highly suspect. I shall have to investigate you thoroughly on our next meeting. Your dangerous friend, Mr. Doyle. Mr. Doyle, I will not lie and tell you that I do not feel a fool. The past few months have been wonderful. You have not only shown me such physical bliss, but also those quiet dark hours wrapped in sheets and night sounds. You have shown me beautiful works of art, shared stories of the world with me, and left me dizzy with imagination. Spoken languages I have never heard, but from your lips make a profound poetry. I have long since considered myself a man of the world. I have traveled on tours, dined in fine places, but I feel I have never truly been to a place as you have. For you find the heart of a place. You find those filthy human places where emotions stir in the breast of a man. You find stories of lust and daring violence. I feel that I have betted a pirate, a philosopher, or an artist all at once. You must truly be selling yourself short when you tell me you are a mere dockhand, though your hands are skilled. But, alas, after today I fear I am a fool. For, in my desperation to express my passions for you, I sought you out. And what a fool I must have looked. Dressed in my finest with a picnic packed, I thought to find you and ask you if you might dine with me for lunch. But no one on the dock seemed to know your name or your description. Imagine me, a man of station, laugh to scorn with a packed lunch looking for a lover that seems to not exist. So this leads me to a question. My face still burning with the blush of shame. I must wonder why. Why would you lie to me? Oh, is it shame for you as well? For you should know that... You are too dear to me to be cast aside for the sake of status or wealth. 
So maybe it is that you are more of a man of the world than you have pretended, perhaps a spy, or possibly your true calling is that of an outlaw. But either way, my love for you is a ready gift, a ripe fruit for the picking. But one note I must impress upon you. I do, I do believe in honesty. So please be honest with me, and I shall be honest with you. Yours in hope, Edmund Beaumont. Mr. Beaumont... I am a fool. Twice I have hurt you, and neither time it was my design. I have found that you are not just an able-bodied lover, whose every inch of flesh is a delight to explore, but also a kindred mind in the rarest place. I am a man of the world who has seen many shores and witnessed much adventure, but too oft my exploits spark fear and, mist and mistrust, but in you they seem to only spark wonder and, dare I say, desire. Do not think I mistook your blush at my carnal tales as embarrassment. Your body betrays you. Each gasp might as well have been thunderous applause. I believe that you might desire to have such adventures of the flesh as I have had. And yes, at times, my tales do involve violence. I have met with people that sought, to, that sought my end through steel and blood. Fortunately, my hands are very skilled, deft as a lover, strong as a laborer, and I am not ashamed to say cruel to my enemies. And maybe to my lovers, if they ask sweetly. But... Such tales of bloodshed and wanton lust more often than not cause me to be a pariah. But, with you, my fine gentleman, you seem to only desire more. But I feel I'm distracting from the thrust of your previous letter. I did lie to you, but I only lied to keep a promise previously made. I do wish to have nothing but truth between us, but in my travels I was sworn to secrecy on some aspects of my life. I am a brother in a secret order that looks to gain wild and untamed knowledge, to uncover the secrets of life. We go by many names, but our inner workings and my role in them I cannot speak to. I am more sorry for this than you can ever know, for I feel you are a man that I might trust in. But all things come in good time, my dear Edmund, for now let it be said I am not a spy, but I do like this image of a pirate philosopher. Well, not accurate, it does have a certain dashing romance that I find evocative. Maybe this could be a story we tell each other whilst wrapped in sheets and night noises. But let us leave it at this. I will be honest with you from now on about my lies. If I must hide truths from you, I will tell you first. It is unfortunate that I have not had the habit of truth for some time, but with you I feel I might try. Your anxious picnic partner, Mr. Doyle. Mr. Doyle, it's well known that with friends and lovers, honesty must always be at the forefront of all of our dealings. I'm ashamed to say that my longing for you has not been quenched after the wicked truths that I have learned. I'm not just a pretty face, but I might not be a spy. But it was not hard to follow you, my dear Mr. Doyle. I believe that I am drawn to you like a compass longs for north. Imagine my wonder as I saw you stalk that woman. So clearly not your usual flavor, I admit there was a spark of jealousy. I, kept th I crept through the dark passages you drug her down. I heard the... I heard her feeble attempts to free herself, and then I heard an odd sound, wet and guttural, like the smashing of a ripe melon. I followed this odd viscous sound in, with dread growing in my belly. I found your chamber. I saw symbols etched in blood. I saw slick organs laid out in ornamented vessels. I heard you chanting in tugs that sounded like they came from otherworldly places. I felt that summoned presence tangible in my mind. It bred in me feelings of malice and a craving for unspeakable violence. I saw you there in the middle of the room, your body rippling with changes. A body intimate to me, but before my eyes growing new appendages, blooming like a visceral flower. The sight brought ice to my stomach, not just due to the violence done to your innocent victim, but also with its effect upon you, someone so dear to me. But, for all of the warnings of danger and the sickness of my body, still a fire of desire burned in me. 
I wanted to go to you and be wrapped in your new body. I wanted to chant wicked words with you. And then your smoldering eyes found me, and I felt like my body was struck by lightning. I wanted to go to you, but I was afraid, and I fled. And I am sorry for that. I am still afraid that I might learn something more terrible about you still. I don't want to one. I don't want to wonder what you might have fed me on our first meeting, but I do ponder that dance after the meal that you cooked for me and the intoxicating music. I'm afraid that this seduction might mean that I'm your next victim and not your lover. You, but what might be even worse is to imagine that I am nothing more to you than a distraction from your true calling. I believe that you are a monster, a creature of malice and base desire, and yet I still crave you. I sit alone in my study, your eager prey. I've called for a messenger to run this message to you, and then I retire to my bedroom. Windows flung open, door unlocked, waiting for you. Your ravenous friend, Edward Beaumont. Mr. Beaumont, I greatly look forward to our next meal. I believe it will be sublime. Your monster, Mr. Doyle. Of course, you made it sexy too. Like I'm gonna leave in the part where I guess cannibalism at the very beginning, just, just, just so, it, yeah, just so, yeah, kind like of. it's like not. Oh wow, Jordan's surprise. No, and I'm making up that I guess that, but yeah, potential cannibalism. I mean, I get why you want to put a trigger warning, but, but like I've put in worse things that you have ever. <laughs> I don't necessarily I don't necessarily think this is that bad. I think it is specifically bad to have a character that's like, "Oh, you eat people and do creepy rituals that turn you into a monster." Like, that's hot. You want to come over and eat me? Like, that's a little bit of a different thing. Yeah, take. I mean, there's a trope in excuse my language anybody uh, listening to the show as if I haven't sworn through stories of the show before. But that's that's a trope called monster f- buddy. It happens. It's very, very, very normalized. Yeah, I'm aware. It's fine. I don't, I personally don't care, but I can put a trigger warning on if you want. Trigger warning. Okay. Monster. I'm not going to say that. <laughs> there, there is sexual intercourse with a beast that is against nature. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's, he's a weird, creepy. Well, I mean, and I guess he's, he is just a guy, but he, you say, know, just, this is supposed I don't to kind of be like, it's you not know, it, but it Cthulhu, definitely kind of right? reminds yeah. Yes. I was going to say, it reminds me of like stuff from Bloodborne, like amygdala or something. I'm like, Ugh. yeah, 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 yeah. It's supposed to be this the guy, like, you know, went to untold shores and found ancient knowledges. Yeah. And came I, back yeah. And I, I, I got it. With a, I, I, I like you. A very nice dandy. <laughs> I is a Yankee doodle dandy. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I like the story because I like the way that you did kind of play out. And like you did very much hint that the ending all the way through, like you had mentioned, oh, yes, I know these knowledges. Yeah. And like the, the meat thing and stuff. That was like my first is like, oh, okay, this, this dude's like eating people or eating you know, yeah, it's just like, it's, it's, it's well, interesting. It's an interesting. And so my original idea was going to be like um, two demons talking to each other about like not being good at their job. Oh, yeah, um, so, so it was going to be like performance reviews from like a manager demon and a different demon that's who's like fun. not doing good enough at like ruin. And then I, I said that to one of my friends and he's like, oh, the screw tape letters. And I'm like, yeah, that I'm is, sorry. Yeah, what? That is the screw tape and he's letters. like, that's the screw tape letters by C.S. Yep, Lewis. And I'm screw like, tape letters. Yes. Going to go ahead and take that idea. And I, put th- it I was in sitting there. I was like, why does this sound so familiar? You're like, screw tape. Yep. That is exactly the screw tape letters. Right. Which I didn't know. So then I was like, okay, trash that idea. And I was like, well, I do kind of like this idea of like a fancy, like a fancy gentleman who like accidentally makes friends with Jack the Ripper. Yes. And then I was like, oh, you know, it's like they're they're in this like really overly like floral love affair. So they're like writing because like 
my brother's really into history, right? So he was telling me that, like, you know, if you, like, go back and look at it, like, when Napoleon was, like, conquering the world, he was writing, like, angry letters back and forth to his wife who was having an affair with, like, a cavalryman <laughs> while he was gone. And he, like, knew about it. So there's all these, like, very explicit angry letters written by extremely powerful men, you know? Because they wrote them down and they got saved forever, you know? Yeah. So I think that's funny, like, this, like, because you don't really think about, like, overly, like thirsty letters written by like you know fancy gentlemen but they totally that did. is gonna so be like in 40 years when we realize that all of alex jones's text messages are still public <laughs> i still feel like i would i like actually agree with knowledge fight on yeah. that i'm like that actually does really suck and he does not deserve yeah. to have all that made public. oh yeah absolutely know? but it's it's kind of the same thing it's like oh yeah that kind of sucks and like we have all of napoleon's like angry letters it's that it's kind of the same idea yeah i'm just yeah. saying if you cherry picked horrifying things that i've said to my friends yeah. it's like yeah i would sound like a monster too yeah but you you're know? not actually a monster alex jones is i'm not actually <laughs> but my point is that cherry picking out text messages makes anyone well, sound yes. bad <laughs> but <laughs> we don't need to defend this man <laughs> um anyways i'm not I, I i liked your story i of course obviously gonna roll my eyes that you somehow turned it into a romance even though the thing was confronting a monster which you did you did do exactly that you did confront, you did the, monster. confront the monster yeah. you did exactly what you're supposed it's to it's just his answer was you like, wanna, his answer you was come, yeah daddy you wanna, i'm your prey yeah, his, his <laughs> like, answer was yeah, yeah daddy rather than being no no um so yeah i i, I find it interesting be like if hmm? it's like there's a boogeyman and then you like open your window and kick your covers off and you're like oh no whatever would happen well, it's funny it's like what i was saying so i i have a lot of like um night terrors or sleep paralysis and like the whole man in the hat thing is the thing that i do experience but one of the other like sleep paralysis demons quote unquote that i do get is like quote unquote the smiling woman and i was telling a friend about this and the friend's like you should date her and i'm like what are you talking about <laughs> like, what? what are you talking about waking up and seeing someone in your bed with this creepy plaster on smile like twitching head it's like that's not what i'm like yes you I'm gonna wife her up gonna wife the smiling woman up i don't know about sleep paralysis very much in that it's only happened to me once and it was like for ex like external circumstances that caused me to be in like a weird half sleep state yeah. um is there like things that are like consistently everyone there, sees there are there so the man in the hat is something that consistently a lot of people see it that that is like I don't, no one knows. No one knows why. That's it, crazy. Yeah, but, but like, yeah. So sometimes I will like see like someone standing in the corner of the room or at the end of the bed or in the doorway, like wearing like a duster and have like mine has a cowboy hat. Other people see him with like a buller or a top hat, but mine looks kind of like the saint of killers from, um, preacher. So <laughs> that, that's what I see. Is that just like collective consciousness? Like a dude in a dark coat it's and scary. a dark hat is yeah. creepy. Yeah. I think it is just a collective like that is a scary image and yeah that's what people like it's, that's buck wild it's like this idea that someone's standing in your bed and then you connect that with like the other things like seeing someone in a trench coat coming at you in an alleyway is scary <laughs> and then you're just you're yeah, conscious that's that's yeah, really is, but yeah the man in the hat and so and, like and, and then like a smiling a face smiling is face also like, like the like old like bag like the not badly but like an old like witch type ladies uh, some people see that but yeah mine i i hmm. Yeah, I just see some weird things while sleeping, and my friend thinks I should date them. It's, it doesn't... 
it doesn't surprise me that you like see yeah. things while because, you sleep because so like it's the whole thing of why sleep arousal and it's the consistency with yeah, other people that I find well, interesting. The thing because I, I I get it because like for me so what it is is that I'm not really hitting a like rim sleep sometimes and what happens with like hypnagogia which is like when you're basically a dream is overlaid on like reality it's your eyes are like flickering open your eyes are open while you're asleep and like so your brain is processing you know the dream stuff while being able to see the real stuff and so like your body does fall into like a kind of paralytic state when you hit deep sleep and so if you start like waking up your body might still be quote-unquote paralyzed and that's why you can't move yeah yeah because i had that happen to me once when i was when i was imagine having that happen to you when you're like five years old yeah it was and it it was like it was it was something that i could rationalize while it was happening (laughs) but like i was it was when i first it was with my first child right and i wasn't sleeping and i like was holding him and he finally fell asleep and i like kind of half passed out so I was like asleep and then I woke up and I just couldn't move. And I was just like, I can't, I don't know. I can't move, you know, but that was, the, but it was like very clearly because I had been sleeping like yeah. off and on two hours a night. Yeah. Three that, months, a lot of it know? is like when, when I have been sleeping a lot or when I am very stressed, it comes up more, but yeah, no, like yeah. I, I also have like sensory, like I can like feel things in dreams. Also hear th- like the auditory ones are the worst. So I live alone and, more than a few occasions have had like a home invasion like dream where it sounds like someone's like kicking my door someone's like walking around my apartment and like that's terrifying and then on top of that you can't move to even like do anything about it yeah yeah um this is this is a weird question i'm just curious about it is it a thing because this happened to me when i got sick right i think i told the, you about this like stuff, yeah. i yeah, does that happen though? Like when you wake up, you like know it's nothing, and then you fall back asleep and get back into yeah. it, or is it just yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah? So a lot, a lot of times, like you like the the initial fear is there, but you wake up, and like sometimes I've woken up and it's taking me like a little bit longer to figure out, but most times it's like okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Like now that that's no longer having to be when I'm five years old. Um, yeah, because I was like really young when stuff like that started happening, but um, the. The other thing that happens is what's called a false start. So, like, you'll wake up and you'll go and, like, do your thing. Like, maybe take a shower, brush your teeth, and then you'll wake up again. Oh, yeah, that happens in movies Yeah, a lot. that's, that's, that's never, like, I've, never I've had, had that. that, like, when times when I'm, like, really tired but need to go to work, I'll, I'll wake up, I'll, like, start brushing my teeth, I'll go to the bath, and then I'll, like, snap up. It's like, oh, crap. And sometimes that can happen, like, four or five times in a row, where it's like, five, it's like I just need to get out. Like, I'm just going to sit up for a while and get out of bed so I don't keep just, like, thinking I'm doing all these things and being asleep during it. <laughs> Your life does sound a little bit like a Freddy Krueger movie. Yeah, so I mean, that's, that, cool. that's why it's <laughs> like, I, I think those, like, the way that they do portray sleep paralysis and stuff in movies can be funny. There was this movie, Mara, where it was like a sleep paralysis, like, demon thing, and Mara was, like, hunting people down in their dreams. And it's like, that's not at all how sleep paralysis works, guys. This movie sucks. And then the friend I was watching was, this is terrible. 
horrifying. I'm like, no, this movie sucks. <laughs> it's like, this is horrible. That's how, that's like, how it my works. own life is worse yeah, than like, this. This ain't nothing. I, I told you about the hell, and we need to get back to the show, but I told you about the hell dream I had once where it was like, I literally like, like hurt, like screaming and stuff. Like the room was like filled with red and like, I like felt heat and like, but couldn't move. So I like legitimately thought I was in hell. Yeah. It's not, it's not fun. I laugh about it now because, you know, <laughs> one of my favorite though um the time when like i woke up laughing from a sleep paralysis dream because usually it does scare me at first but like sleep paralysis i hear this voice and then i i, I managed to turn my head and i see this thing move at me and jump at me and the thing that jumped at me was venom from the spider-man universe and i just woke up laughing because that's so funny my sleep paralysis demon was literally venom <laughs> It's great. Yeah, that's a sucky imaginary friend to have, dog. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's pretty bad. We are <laughs> it's just like, yeah, no, it's like... <laughs> was it... Now, the real question was, was it Ed Hardy Venom? No, like, was it that No, it, it was Topher Grace Venom. Well, that's worse. Actually worse. <laughs> Topher Grace Venom. And I was like, ah, fine. It's just a douchebag Venom? Good <laughs> yeah, job. Yeah. On, oh, look, I do Grace. legitimately like Spider-Man 3. Spider-Man 3 is so much fun. It is so. You don't like it's that movie. Not like, oh my god, this is a great movie. No, it's just like, this is a fun movie to watch with people because we could like laugh at it the entire time. It's just so much fun. See, the, the entire terrible. movie, start to finish, could have been solved if people actually talk to each other like human beings. <laughs> Anyways, my story. Yeah, but then you'd miss the spider dance. Oh, the spider dance is so funny. One of my favorite scenes in any movie. The spider dance is so funny. And then the scene at the bar where he's like playing piano and trying to be sexy, but just looks like a big dumb nerd. Yup. I, I love that movie. Okay, we wasted too much time talking about my weird messed up life. Um so my story is called The Soul Eater. And what I wanted to do is actually, so we started this podcast with the idea. It's like, oh, we're going to build worlds for like D&D and stuff. And then we never did that. Ever. <laughs> we, we did. did. We, there were a few of Yeah, we, we that... did. And I kind of wanted to base the story off of like the D&D world. So like it is set in a fantasy world. And like the... I don't think the other characters ever stated, but the one character is an Asimar, Asimar, whatever. And the other character is, you know, it's like half angel, half human. Oh, Asimar, Asimar, I know what you're talking about. I, th- I was like, is an Asimar? Asimar. Asimar? Are they going to be like, <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna, yeah, stop, stop. You don't, you know, I hate I'm that. You don't, you know, I hate that. Oh, stop, 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 stop. stop. I hate it so much. <laughs> but yeah, the one's an Asimar and the other one is supposed to be a half elf. And yeah, I just wanted to have fun with the fantasy world and confront a monster. This was not my original idea. Do they? My original idea was just. Do they make no. out? Well, I'll listen to it anyways. You always do. I barely have make out scenes in any of my stories. I think I only ever had one kissing scene in any of my stories, and that was last week's. <laughs> I think I only done it once. <laughs> Oh, it's so yeah, because you slow rolled. What's it called? Anyways, yeah, let's, yeah, let's, let's, we, go. We need to let's go. go. The heat from the fire tortured my skin, and the sounds of screams filled the air around me. In front of me, the perp- never mind, not sexy. In fr- oh, sorry, you started and I was like sexy, and then you kept going, and <laughs> I was like sexy. not sexy. <laughs> In front of me, the perpetrator <laughs> stood with a sickening smile on his face. I tried to scream, but the thick black smoke choked out my voice. After all, this is what you wanted, isn't it? 
he said, his voice reverberating in my skull. Selby! A friendly voice called out and snapped me back to the present day. The images of an unforgettable trauma faded, and I found myself staring into the eyes of the tall asthma bruiser, whose face was only inches away from mine. Where'd you go just then? She said cheerily, though a look of concern flashed across her face. We were standing in a forested area on a barely visible dirt path. Up until now, we had to navigate broken terrain, climbing over fallen trees and up rocky faces. But it was all necessary to get to where we were going. Oh, sorry, I guess I zoned out there for a second, I said as I started to walk again. You seem a tad bit out of sorts today, Selbs. Not your usual self. Are you okay? She said, following close behind me. I clutched my staff tightly, paused for a second, then kept walking. Yeah, th this one is kind of a big deal, so I guess I'm a little nervous, I said, turning to flash the usual bright smile. You're always too lighthearted about things, she teased. Kind of a big deal? You told me you were facing off against the monster that killed your family and burned down your village. Weird that hasn't even broken your usual demeanor. I feel like that's a tad bit more important than kind of a big deal. What else am I supposed to say about it? It is what it is. We have this opportunity. I can't waste it. So we have to get moving before those before this slips through my fingers again. I said lightly with a shrug. You know, you were the last one of our party I would have imagined having such a grim, dark backstory. You are usually... <laughs> yes? Yes, Cody? Go 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 on. <laughs> oh, grim dark. This is literally saying grim dark backstory diegetically yeah, in a D and D world is funny. Yes, it's because it is a D and D world, and you would think someone is playing I know, it's, this. That's why fun. I snorted. Okay. It was funny. You, you you are usually so happy and relaxed. Who would have thought you were an orphan who came from an ashen village? I guess there's a lot more to you than meets the eye. She said back. Oh, I am the one with more than meets the eye. I feel like I should be the one saying that. I fired back lightheartedly. Who would have thought Trina, the Helm Splitter, legendary warrior of light, would be decked out in pink bows and stupid little dolls hanging from her armor? To think the woman who has slain thousands would be so cutesy. I laughed. Trina did not. Instead, she raced in front of me and forced one of the dolls hanging from her flowery vambrace into my face. How dare you call them stupid? Cute is more than just some dumb doll or collector's item. They are all magical charms. How dare you judge me? She yelled, blushing. Okay, okay, okay. Sorry, Carrot. Sorry, Trina. I overstepped. Either way, we need to stop playing around and hurry up. The spot we need to go to is just ahead. I don't know how much time we will have left, I said and moved past Trina. She put her arms down and continued to follow me though I could feel her stick her tongue out behind me. If this is so important, why not bring the rest of the party along? Why just bring me? Trina asked. The rest of the party doesn't need to get involved with this one. We both know you are the strongest of them, and more than enough for most monsters. Plus, you're my closest friend. I knew you would be pissed if I didn't bring you along with me, I said lightly, letting the words dance around my tongue. Aw, oh, flattery won't get you everywhere. It makes my heart sing to know I'm your best friend, she said brightly. Okay, now, don't get a big head, I teased. But really, Selby, what's this all about? I feel like I'm missing something, 
After years of knowing you, you suddenly tell me about your past. It wasn't just like a late night confessional or anything either. You said we had to go right then or else we would never get this opportunity again. Then you take me to this forbidden mountain pass and act like it's all normal. I know you are the light-hearted, calm one in the group, but you seem to be taking this a little too lightly. I just need to know what I'm walking into, and it seems like you rather hide what's truly going on. I can't be any other way, Trina. That's just who I made myself into, I said after a long pause. Trina stopped, but I kept walking. Look, I know you're in a hurry, but can you stop for just one second? What do you mean by that? She called after me. I stopped and turned around to address her. The sun was beginning to set, time was running out, and despite not being able to feel it, I was getting anxious. I knew staying shut off would mean we would just stand here and miss the opportunity to strike, so I decided to finally open up. Fine. I guess I haven't been super open with you, pretty much ever. I don't like talking about any of this, so bear with me a little bit. No one else needs to know what I am about to say, I said with a deep sigh. Your secret's safe with me, bestie, she said, trying to lighten the mood. She, sh she held out her hand with a pinky finger extended to symbolize making a promise. The village, my parents, all that chaos and destruction is all my fault. I fucked up. I fucked all of this up, and I need to fix it, I said sincerely, still with the smile that I was forced to wear on my face. What do you mean? I mean, I doubt a monster is your fault unless you summoned it. I know how you magic types like to play with forces you don't understand, she said, the smile fading and, a look, and the look of concern returning. When I was young, I said, starting my story, I felt like I had this darkness deep within me. It showed its ugly head as what you might call depression, anxiety, and anger, but let's say those feelings were amplified by 1,000. All these dark feelings plagued me constantly, and it felt like I could go days without feelings of happiness or joy. My mom said when she was pregnant with me, she was attacked by a monster. The stress and anxiety she felt during the attack must have been passed on to me. I spent most of my childhood hating that feeling inside of me. Because of it, I never fit in with the other kids. My parents always had to treat me with extra care. I prayed for anything to make those feelings go away. And so, eventually, you used magic to fix the problem, Trina said. Uh, Trina asked, filling in the blank. Yeah, I started studying magic around when I was eight. I delved into books way more advanced than my years to find a solution to my problem. It wasn't until I stumbled across a book of black magic that I found what I was looking for. An emotional separation smell. You take all the things you don't like about yourself, create a magic circle, and then use parts of yourself to activate the circle. The magic pulls those emotions out and into a separate entity. And did it work? She asked. Yeah, as you know, I'm very good at what I do. I went into the woods so my parents and little brother wouldn't know what I was plotting. The magic worked like a charm, and what was left of my dark side was a malformed corpse version of me. I buried it in the woods, giving a short funeral to what was formerly me and returned to my village. Things were great for a while. I was happy all the time. I could laugh, joke, and smile without feeling like it was forced. Gone were the days of anxiety keeping me in the house, or randomly crying knowing, or randomly crying without knowing what was going on. 
It was like I could no longer feel those negative feelings. I said quietly. Deep down within me, I felt horrible. But those feelings could not come to the surface and wipe away what must have been a creepy smile off my face. How long did it last? Trina said, taking a step closer to me as if to try to comfort me. About a month, until screams were heard at the entrance of my village, signifying the monster's attack. The creature I buried in the woods wasn't dead. Now it was slowly gaining power. You see, while the positive feelings within me grew much stronger, once we were separated, on the other hand, the darkness within me did the same. Feelings of hate, rage, sadness, pride all grew strong. It wanted to destroy everything around it, and it came to the first thing it could find. Selby! It's not your fault, you know. You just didn't know what you were doing, Trina said quietly as she embraced me in a hug. I pulled back quickly and started walking again. I don't deserve to be comforted for this. The worst part is, since I took away those emotions, I couldn't even cry or feel anything during the incident. I just sat there feeling nothing. I never cried for my parents and brother. That would leave me feeling pretty empty if I could feel that way. At the end of the day, I caused the deaths of hundreds of people, including the people who loved me unconditionally. And now, I'm trying to make up for that. I looked up to the setting sun. We are running out of time anyways. Let's go. Trina paused for a second and then followed after me. It's okay. We will kill the monster so that your family can finally rest in peace. I promise you, I'll help you cut it down. <laughs> so it's like, I'm like, you and your family? Why did I say that? <laughs> I haven't been able to take a single good nap since that thing, you know? All right? <laughs> that thing that happened? Yeah, can't sleep for shit. I sleep like Jordan does. Jeez. <laughs> Probably. I mean, yeah, I wouldn't sleep good either. Thanks, Trina. But you are just here for support. I'll cut it down myself. Trina looked confused, but didn't push any further. I brushed it off and started climbing up the final incline. I reached back to help Trina up, but she was already lifting herself up the sh sharp rock face. So, where are we going? She asked, looking around the top of the cliff face. Down there, I pointed to a small lake that was surrounded by lush green trees that almost hid it in the open. Holy smokes! Is that a summoning lake? She gasped. I've never seen one in person, but there are many legends about the power. Yeah, that's why this forest is forbidden. The magics that lay here are powerful. I pointed to my staff that was now glowing. Hopefully, the magic will be on our side, she said, making a holy symbol with her left hand. Hopefully, I nodded. We climbed down the steep cliff and walked through the dense forest until we made it to the summoning lake's edge. Along the circumference of the lake was a large stone slab that was cut into a platform signifying the spot where the, the summoner would stand to perform the task. Comma in a weird place. I climbed the two or three crudely made steps to stand on the top of the platform and looked over it. I <laughs> I added to the story today so like the proofreading i had done previously is just wiped away there are so many mistakes <laughs> there are so many mistakes here i climbed <laughs> it, it, it happens you know oh, right. i climbed the two or three crudely made steps to stand on top of the platform and looked it over the summoning glyph was right where i needed it i just needed to correct some of the runes before i could perform the ritual trina stepped up to the platform, but stayed behind me. Well, ain't this elaborate? 
Did we did we make it in time? She said, looking around the area. We'll only know if the ritual actually works. To use the lake, you need to know where the object you are summoning is located. I got word of where the monster was a few days ago, and knowing him, he hopefully hasn't moved too far yet. We should still have the perfect opportunity, I said while working on the glyph. I brushed the chalk off my hands once I was finished and stood up. You seem to know a lot about this thing. I guess part of it is still you, huh? She asked. Despite being separate, I can still sense a few things about him. Anyways, I'm ready to start. Are you ready? I said looking back at Trina. She nodded quickly and then put her hand on the sword strapped to her back. Should I fail, she would be more than enough to finish the job. I faced the lake, tapped my staff in the middle of the glyph, and then chanted the ritual. The stone at the end of my staff glowed with intensity. I finished the ritual and then said, Blood of my blood, in the town of Asteria, come forth from the depths and present yourself to me. At first, nothing happened. I heard Trina quietly behind me say, Damn, I guess we missed him. Then suddenly, the water bubbled. Then suddenly, the water began to bubble furiously. It looked like a black sludge was coming up from the depths. Before long, I saw his white crown of hair break the surface as the being who looked like me began to pull himself out of the water. He wore a grimace on his face that was identical to mine. His sharp yellow teeth were soaked in a thick black fluid. Unlike my sandy brown curly locks of hair, his was stark white and, and straight, falling down to his hips, yet somehow not covering up signs of rotting flesh. Chunks of his flesh were missing, revealing bone and guts. In some places, his flesh was raw with fresh blood, standing out against his pale skin, though large portions of his body were burnt or rotting. Where his stomach should be was a black orb that had a long tail of sludge coming off it and trailing behind him to reveal a mass of corpses and debris that were now attached to him. This signified all the destruction he had caused over the years. Eventually, he would absorb that mass and become more powerful. I was lucky to pull him out of his feeding cycle. This will make things more manageable. He saw me and flashed a devilish smile and began walking on top of the water towards me. Behind me, I heard Trina shudder, so I turned to address her. Her sword was drawn and her hands were gripping it tightly. Selby, you didn't tell me your monster was a soul eater, she said trembling. If I had said so, you wouldn't have come, I said with a shrug. The beast in front of us was known for attaching itself to a human soul and devouring life energy for power. Letting one get out of hand meant that it could become near invincible. The only way to kill a soul eater is if both the host and the monster die. You brought me here to witness your death, didn't you? She said with tears rolling down her face. Eh, that's not a hundred percent true. If the beings are separate, then Selby, you brought me all the way here and then you choose to ignore me. How rude, how pathetic, the soul eater called out. His voice was like knives to my ears. Trina winced and I knew she felt it too. I'll get back to you. Just hang tight, I called out, waving my hand over my back to dismiss him. Anyways, as I was saying, if the beings are separate, there is another option. That is to fuse with the creature and become one being. You do know that once fused, the stronger of the two will become the host, finally absorbing the other. A pathetic waste of space like you thinks you are stronger than me? 
The soul eater's words pierced my soul, but I had the resolve to push past what he said. Fusen? If it goes wrong, I will have to kill you and the soul eater. Is that a risk you're willing to take? And, and I thought the whole point was to get rid of the negative side of yourself, Trina yelled over the cacophonous echo from the soul eater. I was young and stupid back then. Yes, that dark side was a monster that latched onto my soul when I was in utero. But it was all a part of me. He is just as much me as I am me. And that dark side is something that is meant to be returned to me and is to be returned to me to be nurtured and controlled rather than run free. With my own will and support of my friends, this darkness is something I can live with and everything will be okay. I said to Trina and then moved past her sword to give her a tight hug. Don't worry, this will all be really quick. I turned back to the soul eater and yelled, You hear that, asshole? It's time for us both to grow up. Accept the things that have happened and become one. I threw down my jacket to reveal the fusing runes I spent so much time working on the night before. The soul eater had moved much closer in the intervening time. It was now or never at this point. Do what you will, blood of my blood. But I promise to be the one to come out on top. The soul eater said with a vicious smile that was leaking black fluid down his bare chin. I thrust my hand forward and said the in incantation. Blood of my blood returned to me. From the rune in the center of my palm, I felt a pull, almost like a suction, and I saw a bright light. The soul eater began to be pulled towards me. I saw parts of his essence break down and be sucked into my hand. Soon the black mass that was centered in his stomach and around his back as a tail broke down into a fine dust and its particles were sucked into me. After a bright flash, it was over. Suddenly, my body shuddered. I felt all the negative feelings I had been missing the last two decades rush through me. I felt the anger that was missing when I first met Tabitha, the rogue, who tricked us into lockup in order to make a few pieces of silver. I felt the panic when we faced off against our first white dragon. That was the closest I had ever come to death. I felt the pain of betrayal, the bitter pride of victory, the feelings of envy, hatred, and greed. Finally, I felt the bitter sadness from when my village was burned down through my own actions. I fell down and began to cry. Decades worth of tears poured down my face. The floodgates were open. Then, without warning, I laughed hard. I laughed at the realization that all these feelings were normal. This is what everyone goes through, and they've made it out just fine. How could I have simply thrown away a part of me? I could feel again and understand that and understand what those feelings meant to me and others. I knew at that moment I would face many more trials in life, but they were all things I would work through to be able to handle. Everything would be all right. I stopped laughing and stood back to my feet. Behind me was a great pressure that made me whip around without second thought. Trina's entire being was glowing, and behind her sat the wings of light, brilliant and blinding. Her eyes burned with the white flame, and an indignant grimace sat across her face. This was the true form of the legendary Helm Splitter. Trina was like the incarnation of Lady Justice herself. She lifted her sword and brought it down only a hair's breadth away from my forehead. From the energy coming off her sword that was now a beam of light surrounded in ruinic symbols, a small cut opened on my forehead, sending a small stream of blood down my face. So which are you? My friend who I've spent years adventuring with, 
or the bloodthirsty monster that devours villages, she said in a cold voice that I only heard during battle. Trina, I promise it's me, Selby. I said back, heart racing through my chest. I didn't come this far just to be cut down by my own friend. Then prove it, mortal. Tell me something only the two of us would know. I thought for a second, racing through the many adventures we had under our belts, and then smiled. Everyone blames Tabby for stealing the baker's apple pie recipe after the after that retrieval mission. That whole thing sucked because we never got paid since it went missing. But I think we both know the truth, especially since I saw you take it while Argon was distracted, and then I saw you take it to the post and send it to your mom, I said laughing. Trina burst out laughing, and the energy around her faded. She was back to her normal, cheerful self. Bam! I really thought I got away with that one. Absolutely not! See, it's me. Everything worked out just like always. I told you, I am good at what I do. A true archmage never fails in battle. The Soul Eater's energy is mine now, his emotions are mine, and I put a special rune so that I don't absorb his memories. I'm now just a normal person with a ton of magical energy stored up. Everything is okay, I said. Good, good. Go ahead and brag, but you really have me worried. The crying and laughing thing was a bit too much, you know? She said, back shaking her head. Hey, it's going to be a struggle for a bit having all these new emotions. But don't worry, I'm willing to actually figure them out this time, I laughed. Perfect, Selbs. I'm happy I don't have to kill you, she said with a quiet but nervous laugh. Great, glad you are still in a good mood, cuz... You'll probably be super pissed to know that this forest is infested with man-eating spiders during the nighttime, and we both know how much you hate spiders, I said, sticking out my tongue. Maybe there was a secondary reason I brought you along. Oh, great. It's never over till it's over, huh? And that's my story. I really liked that. I, I think my only complaint is I wish there was more of the Soul Eater. I wanted, I wanted, more, I wanted more hot Soul yeah, Eater Yeah, I know. I, 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 I thought about it when I was reading through it today and adding stuff that I sh apparently shouldn't have added because, <laughs> because grammar was off in few places and they were all places I had it stuff. But um, yeah, I, I, I should have added more, but I was like borderline five to six pages and I'm like, I need to end this. Yeah, well, and, and it's sort of funny and you're going to laugh at me here because I'm like, given the fact that this wasn't a romance, you wrote a lot about the two characters that, that were both yeah. like good people. And I'm like, that to me either leads to it's a twist and the monster <laughs> is the one that she's traveling with or that just needed I, I would have truncated that a little bit and had more of talking to the monster because like I liked what that confrontation was like the the thesis yeah. of the thing that like you have to like trying to get rid of negative emotions isn't the right thing you have to like how learn to how to like manage and like handle those inside yourself not try to like delete them yep. from existence exactly what um, i was going for <laughs> and that like right like i think that was a smart way to do it and like having that personified as a monster i think was good but i think that conversation between those ideas could have been interesting to have that like be a little because i even like the conversation they had but i think it could have been yeah more yeah i that, agree you know? yeah and I, I i do wish i put more time but i also liked um writing the two characters and i and i do like and i try to get 
through this the way that i read his part i like that he was kind of like one note emotionally up until like the very end and i wanted to like portray that a little bit more has like oh yeah this guy really yeah. only feels one way and he can't like feel nervous or anxious or sad about it because he got rid of that and then facing the things like was a big thing but yeah yeah i i, I realized i should have put some more in there but I enjoy writing these characters. I also like the idea of this like legendary basic. So so yeah, she was an Asimur paladin. I like the idea of like that this paladin also is like wearing bows and stuff on her armor. Has like these like dolls hanging off her like van braces and stuff. Yeah, congratulations for writing the most anime yes. character. Yeah, ever. yeah, yeah, yeah. I was really happy about that. <laughs> I, like, I like that. And the kind of like the kind of sarcastic archmage, or well, I guess he would have technically been a wizard, huh? But yeah, no, I. I <laughs> But yeah, I, I really liked writing those characters. And I was like, I know I should do more monster stuff, but establishing who this guy is in like the kind of like lighthearted way he approaches most things was important to kind of show the juxtaposition between yeah. what he would have been. But, you know, it's fine. I Right, right. No, I, I liked that, too. I think that makes sense. Well, and I didn't even think about like that thing about showing him being really one. Well, and this now becomes like if you were going to write. The whole thing um, of it, yeah. Like a whole thing like it would be actually kind of interesting to see him like face danger violence you know like in the story see him face yeah. those things because this is like full of like really through a them. huge like let's say like a five-year-long campaign that people be doing in D. this is like halfway through it so we've already right. established like both of these characters and the rest of the party but yeah i, I don't know. I, I i i i really liked um writing i i don't know i like doing these because i do like doing like two character studies almost is what most of these stories will end yeah, up being yeah. and i and i really like doing two character studies and seeing what conversation comes through this is like the closest i'll get to discovery writing is because like the conversations will change as i write them it's like yes i still approach these things with fully formed ideas start to finish but i do like changing the dialogue as i write and develop who these people talking are going to be and i, I don't know I, I i enjoyed this this was this was a good one i had a yeah, bunch of definitely. different ideas for this there, like i said there was one that i had written that i'm like and eh, it's like a it's kind of long b i don't know how to end it necessarily and c i kind of want to do this for the halloween episode so i'll just do this one <laughs> later because that one's a little bit more serious and a little bit more like horror theme than like oh this is part of a D campaign so right yeah. right yeah so yep there's that thank you for listening to my story even though you're kind of forced to because this is what this podcast is <laughs> but um yeah we're gonna pick another topic for next time we record which might be oh i gotta oh yeah yeah there's a bunch of new ideas um so i'll do it quickly but i will say the audience is at advantage because we've never gone through the full list so i'm gonna go through all 18 quickly but one Banned before their first show. Two, mailman dropping off a weird package. Three, cyberpunk idea. A character finding out the bitter truth. Four, first line of dialogue. Look, someone has to say it. The ship is sinking. Five, first contact with, you know, like aliens. Six, first conversation between sentient AI. Seven, one day there were seven pairs of underwear. They were not ordinary. They were evil. That's a Cody and Graham one. I will throw that one out. Um, eight, thief and a cop. Nine, embarrassing creepy. Uh, wow, creep pasta, creepy pasta, embarrassing creepy pasta. Um, ten, a couple going through a breakup. 
11, a character finding out if they are in heaven or hell, which is just based off a Twilight Zone episode. 12, two wizards get into a very petty argument. 13, a character or characters discovering magic powers. 14, a character arriving at a new place. 15, character or characters exploring something. 16, a character slash characters doing a ritual. 17, character slash characters before or after a funeral. 18, first line. So I guess this is it, huh? So my preferences right now would be, um, I'm going to say 2, 11. Okay, so you said 2. Or 8. 11 or 8. Okay. Yep. Mine, you've basically already did 1. I'm going to say for me, I think every week I've pitched this one, but 3, 2, 10. Hmm. Now I'm stuck between 13 or 17, but it's both of those. I'm going to say 3, 10, or 13. So we'll just mark all those 3, 10, or. So I guess, as always, we didn't remotely pick anything that was near each other. What do you think? <laughs> uh, I could do 3. 3 cyberpunk idea. I could also do yep. two. <laughs> I like immediately changed my mind. Let's do let's two. Do, yeah, let's do two. I like I like the idea of two. Mailman dropping off a weird package yeah. is pretty funny. Can be funny or can be terrifying. <laughs> no, I have some thoughts on that one. Just, just, I just filled have, like, with an, vibrators. An initial. Well, no, it's just, like, this initial thing of, like, this mailman, like, sweatily walking up to a house, just, like, in his head, like, this is bullshit. This is not it's my f- job. As he's holding a package that's, like, stinking and, like, rattling. There's, like, clawing inside of it, and it's, like, clearly has, like, horrible characters etched on it's to it. It's funny that we blood. had, like, like a, a similar idea. How did this get through the mail? I, we had a similar idea, so I'm gonna it'd be interested to hear how close or far apart our stories actually end up being. Because so far, they've been, each of them have been very far apart. <laughs> yeah, That's which true. Is, That's true. This is, like, old world shop, but given new life. Like, we're doing the whole, oh, yeah, we have yeah, two ideas, and they're it. gonna be completely different. But, yeah, this has been fun. Okay, yeah. So that's the show, Cody. Plugs. Check me out at the Wandering Gamer Network podcast. Right now I'm running something called Wanderlust. It's about treats. (laughs) Or you can watch me stream at the Wandering underscore gamers most Tuesday nights that I'm not traveling. We're playing Sunless Sea, and we just saw the death of our long-term Captain Barf. It was tragic. You can check me out at my Twitch stream, something I guess zero zero at twitch.tv, twitch.tv forward slash something I guess zero zero. I know that no one actually listens to this part of the show because you've never checked me out. But Wednesdays, we do We Belong, the anime talk show. <laughs> it's funny. I, I'm trying to be funny. Wednesdays. Did you just have a pity party in the <laughs> middle of your plug? Yeah, I feel like, like check me out at something like this, zero zero, which no one does because you hate me. It's, well, it's funny because <laughs> no one who um watches the streams checks out this show. So like y'all need to like combine forces. You're all bad friends. I hate oh, no, everyone. My friends listen to both, but no, okay. Uh, anyways, 
But yeah, we do We Belong, the anime talk show where we talk about all things anime. Usually end up talking about diversity, how sometimes anime freaking sucks. Um, but you can also check me out at my other podcast, The Wait, Side Characters what? Podcast, where we talk about diversity in nerd culture. But that's all I got. So thank you guys for listening. And as always, we'll catch you out where, Cuddy? The flip side. Bye. Wait, what about? The oh demon yeah, and also the demon feast. It's the demon feast, y'all. <laughs> <laughs>